You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. To help us spread the gospel of Jesus, give us a five-star rating. That'll help others find this podcast. In this podcast, we'll hear a message from Pastor Robert. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Give God a hand clap of praise while you're being seated. Praise the Lord. It's good to be alive. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Uh, It's good to see some of the faces back today and I look forward in the upcoming weeks when we can all uh, be back together. The series title um, that I've been speaking about is The Blood. Uh, The title of the message today is Whipping Post Blood. Uh, I'm gonna read this morning. If you would stand with me, I'm sorry, I should have just had you remain standing. It's like a workout facility here today. All right. I want to read from Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5. Pastor Aaron, if you'll have Miss Mary the microphone to bless the reading of the word. But I always want to bring this to attention. This was written 681 years before Christ. And this prophecy was fulfilled. So I want you to pay close attention to Isaiah 53 and 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. He he just didn't go through all this just as a form of death. Everything was for a purpose and everything there is for us if we have that knowledge. Let's start again. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. And by his stripes, we are healed. Go ahead. Father, we do come before you this morning. We thank you, Lord, for your presence that we have felt in this place. We thank you today that your Holy Spirit has showed up. God, we ask you this morning, Lord, as our pastor brings forth this most precious word today, that it will find a landing place within Mm. our spirit, oh God. God, that it will touch down within our very being, oh God. Father, that we will be moved, oh God, by your spirit here in this place as we hear this most precious word about the wounds and the stripes, oh God, that you bore, Mm -hmm. that you did it willingly, Lord. You laid down your life willingly. We ask you today, God, if there's one here today that doesn't know you, we pray that this day will be their day. Mm -hmm. But we ask you today, Holy Spirit, as our Mm -hmm. pastor brings forth this word, that anointing, oh Father God, that fresh anointing Mm -hmm. that comes from the very throne room of God. Be his portion today, Mm -hmm. oh God. And that word that comes through his mouth Mm -hmm. will be sharper, oh God. And Father, that it'll cut away, Mm -hmm. God, anything, God, that's in our lives, Lord, that's not pleasing to you. May you find this place today, oh God, in our Mm -hmm. hearts, oh God, and move in our spirits today, God, and help us, I pray, to realize the price that was paid for our salvation. Mm -hmm. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. If you were not here last week, I would encourage you to go to live 
the internet and, and watch the first place that Jesus shed his blood was in the Garden of Gethsemane and it won back our willpower. Today we're talking about the second place and that was at the whipping post uh, and his back was laid open and it's for your healing and for my healing. So the second place Jesus shed his blood was at the whipping post. Uh, Jesus was scourged and he was flogged uh, 39 times. And let me read out of Matthew 27 and 26. Then released he Barabbas unto them. And when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. They released Barabbas, a murderer, and the very people that Jesus had walked with, the very people Jesus had grown up around, those that he had ministered to, when it came to the place, Pilate said, who do you want? They said, release Barabbas and crucify Jesus. Can you imagine that? Under Jewish punishment, prisoners could only be given 40 lashes. But however, it was customary that only 39 was given because often 40 brought death. They were well trained uh, to bring this individual, whoever they was whipping, to the very edge uh, of death and they knew when to back away. Watch this video. He was stripped. He was shackled into a whipping post, naked, leaned over, scourged and whipped with an object. This object either had bones at the end of it, steel balls, and they flogged him. And I had him stop the video there without going any further. This whip was called Fagello, made with a leather, leather strap with the bones, with the steel on the end. His back was nothing more than unrecognizable mass of flesh. Picture a farm where the Field is plowed. That's what his back looked like. And I find this so powerful that in Isaiah 50 and 6, he said, I gave my back to the smiters. They didn't take it, but he gave it. So why would he give it 
if there was nothing to benefit from it. Can somebody say amen? Some people say that God doesn't heal anymore. And I don't want to argue that. Some people feel that way. Some denominations feel that way. And if they want to feel that way, that's fine. If they want to serve a dead God, that's fine. But I'm not serving a dead God. I'm not presenting a dead gospel. I'm presenting a gospel and a God that is still alive, still well, still able to heal. Some people say, well, I don't feel that he heals anymore. Well, I don't go by my feelings. I want to go by the word of God. Don't want to go by my opinion. Don't want to go by your opinion. I want to go by the word of God. In Hebrews 13 and 8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever, forever. That is an anchoring presence. When something is anchored, it's there to stay. Can somebody say amen? amen. Jesus never changes. What he was then is what he is now. He still possesses all power in heaven and earth, according to the word of God. Matthew 28 and 18, and Jesus came and he spoke unto them saying, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Has that power been taken away? Think about it, he's God. He's Alpha and Omega and everything in between. He's not dead, he's alive. He arose from the grave. He's seated at the right hand side of the Father, interceding on our behalf. If he's still not able to heal, why would he be interceding? Think about that. Woo! Because he made a blood covenant, he doesn't change. This covenant includes healing, not just salvation. Salvation, as we learned last week, the word saved means to be whole. So it's just not our salvation for eternity, but to be made whole. Does God desire to heal? I ask you, does God desire to heal? I ask you, does God desire to heal? I've worked hard. I've labored. I've prayed. You need to get on board this morning. Mark 1 and 40. And there came a leper to him, beseeching him and kneeling down to him and saying unto him, if, think about this, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus moved with compassion put forth his hand and touched him and saith unto him, I will be thou clean. You may not have leprosy, but we all have a sin problem. Leprosy will kill you, but so won't sin. One touch from the Lord changed the man's life forever. 38 years ago, when I looked at my buddy on a, sitting beside of me on a bar stool and I said, I love you, man, but I ain't coming back because I was under conviction. And I left the Odyssey Club, drove to Fairmont. They were having revival, excuse me, to Enterprise Methodist Church. They were having revival. I had no idea. And I walked in the back and it wasn't long. I took the best 12-step program you could ever take. I got up and took 12 steps to an altar and the Lord touched me and he changed my entire life. Somebody, if he's touched your life, if he's changed your life, you ought to give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. When he touches your life, 
he changes your family. When he touches your life, he changes your neighbors. Everybody gets changed. Woo! Somebody say one touch. One touch transforms. Whew. If hell's any hotter than it is up here, I don't want to go. In the Bible times, leprosy was incurable. No other disease was feared more. None. Leprosy was terrible. Leprosy would begin to work on you. You'd get a little sore, and the next thing you know, it had pus that was infected. And before long, your whole body was covered with sores. The Bible said it would distort your face. I was reading in a commentary where it would take your face and twist it to where you look like a lion. It would work on the nervous system to where when you stepped on something, maybe glass or steel, and cut your foot, you wouldn't even know it. You'd have no feeling. And then it wouldn't be long, that infection there would take over. You could honestly just lose a foot. Usually you died a slow, miserable death. It was horrible. And he came to Jesus. How did he come to Jesus? He came humbly, but he also came in faith. Psalms 51 and 17 says, the sacrifices of God are of a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Oh God, thou will not despise. Whatever you need healed of this morning, you need to come humbly before God. You need to come boldly in faith. Do you hear me? Faith says, thou can make me clean. Luke 5 and 12 tells us that this man was full of leprosy. He was in the final stages. Think about that. This man knew that Jesus could heal him, but he wondered if he would. I want to read verse 41 again. And Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand and touched him and saith unto him, I will be thou clean. Maybe you're wondering if the Lord can heal you. Come before him with a humble heart. Come before him with faith, believing that God is going to touch and heal you. The Bible teaches us to ask in rock solid faith. James 1 and 6, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Just as recent as this week, I've laid hands and prayed, and here's what I hear at the end, I sure hope that works. I, I, I like to lay hands on them and touch them right there. God does not grant every thoughtless or selfish request. Do you hear me? I didn't say name it and claim it. To ask in faith means more than asking with the confidence, but it's asking that God will line up his will in your life. Do you hear me? With his purpose. A mind that wavers is not completely convinced that God's way is best. Can you come boldly? To come boldly to God for healing is the opposite of saying, and man, just cut me if it be God's will.
I've prayed that prayer before over people. If it be God's will. Let me say something. I'm not saying that none of us are ever gonna die physically in the natural. I'm not saying that. But once we know Jesus Christ as our personal savior, we will never die in the spirit. To be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. I don't understand why everybody is not healed on planet earth. That's not my job to understand. My job is to preach the gospel, what God says, and hopefully you'll pick up what I'm laying down. And I'm telling you through this, it's changed my mindset too. If it be thy will, Isaiah 53 and five, by his stripes we are healed. That's the word of God. We overcome the devil and his infirmities by the blood of Jesus, nothing else but the blood of Jesus. The apostle Paul, excuse me, the apostle John declared it in 3 John 1 and 2, beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers. It's God's will. As responsible Christians, you and I, we've got to take care of our temple. I spoke last Sunday about willpower. In the Garden of Gethsemane, how he sweat the drops of blood, won back our willpower that was lost in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve sinned. And I spoke about drugs and alcohol. You notice I've stayed away from eating. And the Lord has chastised me. If he gave us the willpower to overcome drug addiction, he, over, he gave us the willpower to overcome sugar addiction. You understand what I'm saying? We act like just crazy in a, like we're living in this buffet bar, bar all of our life. Some of you have been depressed since Ryan's went out of business. And we say, why do I have this problem? Why do I have that problem? Sometimes it's our own fault. So if we'll do our part, he'll do his part. When we get to heaven, we won't need any more miracles. <laughs> Why would we need miracles in heaven? Think about it. We need miracles now. Can somebody say amen? amen? So our salvation starts with the forgiveness of our sin, but it does not stop there. It goes on to healing. It goes on to deliverance. It goes on to freedom. In Luke 13, 10 through 12, and he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years. She was all bent over, bent down, and could in no wise lift herself up. And when Jesus saw her, and that got a hold of me, he called to her, and he said unto her, woman, thou art loosed from this infirmity. Here's a woman for 18 years, walked around, bent over with a crippling disease. And the Lord said, thou art loosed. I just wonder if he could loose anybody here this morning. 
I just wonder if anybody here has a desire to be loose from anything in your life. Well, I'm just not talking about healing of cancer or, or diabetes. Uh, uh, what about a broken marriage? Uh, what about a broken relationship, uh, a friendship? What about a mental disorder? What about being healed from depression and anxiety, and low self-esteem? Uh, his back was laid open to heal you and I, to bring us back to where we are whole and complete like they were in the Garden of Eden before they sinned. Thou art loosed. Uh, this woman, this is what got to me, uh, just like you all coming in here today, and I spoke to some of you, but just imagine the multitude coming into the synagogue uh, 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 to worship, and, and the word says, and he saw her. He saw her. Worship was more than an experience, evidently, of her head. You hear me? It was an experience of her heart. Something got his attention. And I'm believing it was her worship. And that worship brought a reaction to his hands. And he said, woman, thou art loose. Time spent in a church on Sunday morning that does not move your heart or motivate you to worship is just time spent in a church. But if you'll come in to the church and enter into his presence with thanksgiving in your heart, and say, Lord, your presence is why I'm here. And your presence is gonna motivate my heart and my hands to worship you. God will look down and see you and God will show up and touch you. If you believe it, give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. Most people saw this woman as a mockery. Most people saw her as a freak. Jesus saw her as a woman. Whew, glory to God. He loved her like she was. No one around her for all these years recognized her value. And I'll tell you, I believe I have a gift of discernment. I really do. I, I can stand most times and people be telling me a lie. I know they're lying. With something else, I can stand and talk to somebody and I can tell that they don't have no self-esteem. If you think about 18 years of this woman being made fun of, being an outcast, being lonely, being looked at as the freak show, and I'd say when she entered into the house of God, she had low self-esteem. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but I believe I'm talking to a whole lot more than just one person. Uh, you have value. The Lord looked at her and he said, woman, thou art loose. She probably hadn't been called a woman in a long time. Freak, reject, outcast. Uh, but the Lord looked in and he seen the value in her. And I wanna just preach you a minute. God knows the value that is inside of you. The devil wants you to have low self-esteem, but when his back was laid open and smitten at the whipping post and the blood ran down, your self-esteem has been healed. Get your hands out of your pocket. Get your head up. You are 
are just as good as any individual because you are a son and a daughter of the most high. The devil is a liar. He's robbed your self-esteem. You go to the enemy's camp and take back what the devil has stolen from you. Give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. Come on, somebody. Give him praise of thanks today. Woo! He loved her like she was. When he's, what he sees when he looks at you and I is what you and I will become through his grace. I'm telling you. I'm not the same that I was 38 years ago. And I got a long way to go. But he knows that I'm valuable. And you know what? The devil knows that I'm valuable. You know why the devil knows? Because I tell him. You need to tell the devil, you don't know who you're messing with. I got the blood of Jesus over me. Devil, you need to get back to hell where you come from. Because you're stepping on private property and I'm about to whip your hind in by the word of God. Do you hear me? You start speaking the name of Jesus and pleading the blood of Jesus. You draw the bloodline. You tell the devil you come on across that bloodline. You and I are going to hook up and I'm the only one coming out. I'm telling you, he's beneath our, we sing about it, that he's beneath our feet, but do we really believe it? Because of the blood of Jesus of Calvary, he is beneath our feet. My people perish for a lack of knowledge and now you're getting the knowledge. It's time that we come to God's house. We lift up God and we worship God and we leave ready for warfare to fight the devil because of the blood that was shed on the cross of Calvary. Thou art loosed from thy infirmity. All sickness comes from the devil. You need, you need to hear me. All sickness comes from the devil. God did not give you cancer. God certainly will use the circumstance, do you hear me? He will use the circumstance of your sickness to accomplish his purpose. Wilma came to me this morning, she said, Pastor, I've got a good friend of mine that has cancer, stage three, and I would like for you to anoint me, and I'd like for your sister to stand in with me, and it got all over me, why? God didn't give my sister cancer, the devil did, but God healed my sister, she's done been through that storm, and Wilma could identify that one that's been through the storm has the faith already that can lay hands and my friend will be healed. Give God another hand clap and a shout of praise. In Luke 12 and 32, Jesus said, fear not. Somebody say fear not. That's pretty good. Little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Fear not, little flock. That means he's a shepherd. He's the good shepherd. Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd. Somebody say my shepherd. I shall not want. Say it with me. Follow me. He leadeth me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. For his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy staff, thy rod, I'm gonna get it messed up, comfort me. 
Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Why can the goodness of God follow me all the days of my life? Because of the blood that was shed in all seven places. If you believe it, give him another hand clap and a shout of praise. Now let me go back to verse 32. Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure. Fear not, little flock, says that he's the shepherd and we're the sheep, but we're more than the sheep because now he says, the father. So now you and I are in his family. Huh? One touch. One touch you've been adopted into the family of God. He's your father. The Jews had dozens of names for God. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. I don't know about you, but he has provided for me time and time again. Some of you sit there like a bunch of stiff necks. Uh, you ought to spent last night in Texas uh, where they didn't have no heat and they didn't have no water and you would realize uh, that God has been good to you, that I had a place to lay down last night, that I didn't freeze to death, that my 11-year-old, as someone's 11-year-old, died yesterday from uh, being uh, frozen to death and my 15 and 18-year-old went to bed. He's Jehovah Jireh. He provides my needs not just in the storms, uh, but when the sun is shining, he's God Almighty. Give him a hand clap of praise if he's provided for you and your family. Many years ago, this had nothing to do with this message, but I just thought of it. Many years ago, I, I, I came into contact with this lady and I, I had known her and I love her and I'm not being disrespectful, but I don't, I, she wasn't the sharpest knife in the drawer. And she said to me, I said, you still going down church with my mom and dad down Enterprise? She said, no, ain't no way I'm going. I ain't never going back down there. She said, they ain't talking about God. They're talking about Jehovah Jireh. And she said, I'm never going back down there. And I laughed. I thought that was funny. How about Jehovah Shalom, the Lord of peace, when everything falls apart around you and it don't look like the doctor's telling you it ain't gonna happen. When your spouse looks at you and says, I don't love you anymore. I'm telling you, plead the blood of Jesus. Go to the whipping post in your mind and plead the blood of Jesus and watch him give you a peace that surpasses all understanding. How many's ever experienced that peace? I see you, Nancy. I see you, Nancy. Nancy's been through a storm here most of us have never been through and I pray to God that we don't. But I'm telling you, God didn't send that to her family, but God is using it for his glory. And God's gonna see you through it. You're gonna make it. Do you give God a hand clap of praise right there? <laughs> Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is there. I don't wanna go there if the Lord ain't there. In my weakest hours of my life, Jehovah Shammah was there. There was times my mom and dad couldn't help me, but Jehovah Shammah was there. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord of our healer. Let him heal you. Let him heal you, your hurt, your pain. We don't like talking about it, but many's been sexually abused. 
And your mind goes back to that. And that pain is there. But by his stripes, you are healed. Do you hear me? Walk to the whipping post in your spirit, man. Apply the blood that was shed from his back and ask him in faith believing to heal me. Let him heal your marriage. I stood in the foyer last Sunday as I'm working with a couple now that means a lot to my heart. And I've been pleading the blood of Jesus over them for months. And I stood in the foyer last Sunday and watched couples walk by that I'd already forgotten about that had been through the storms. And they're holding hands and they're laughing. What God done for them, he can do for you. Do you hear me? If you believe it, give God a hand clap of praise. God gets pleasure by blessing those who believe in him. God gets pleasure. He doesn't send sickness into your life. John 10 and 10, Jesus said, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. Jesus said, I, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. That means now. That don't mean I gotta get happy when I get to heaven. Yes, I wanna have a little happy now. Not a happy meal at McDonald's. I want a happy lifestyle. Huh? He who the sun sets free is what? Free indeed. If you're free, give him a hand clap of praise. There wasn't any sickness or injury in the Garden of Eden. There wasn't a marriage problem in the Garden of Eden until they disobeyed God. And then the curse came. And you and I have been born into the curse through the natural birth. But through the spiritual birth, the curse has been canceled. <laughs> because the blood of Jesus has been applied. When Adam sinned, Satan entered the garden. A curse came in, that evil spirit. Infirmity, somebody say infirmity, is a spirit that is a result of the curse. But everyone who is born again is redeemed from that curse. I want to read this a little bit lengthy, but please stay with me. Mark 9, chapter 17. Then one of the crowd answered and said, Teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit, and whatever and whenever it ceases him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. He answered him and said, O faithless generation. Hear that? O faithless generation. How long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? He said, bring him to me. Then they brought him to him. And when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him and he fell down on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. So he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from a childhood. And often he's thrown himself into the fire and into the water to destroy him. And now listen to what the father says. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. All things. 
Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit. He rebuked it, saying to it, death and dumb spirit, I charge thee, come out of him. And enter no more in him. And the spirit cried and rent his sore and came out of him. And he was as one dead insomuch that many said he is dead, but Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and he arose. The father looks at Jesus and says, but if you can just do anything, anything, have compassion on us. I think that's a pitiful plea. And I think Jesus kind of rebuked him in verse 23. Jesus said, if thou can believe, all things are possible. It's just dropped in my spirit. I've got a granddaughter that's three. Beautiful, healthy. She's not talking as much as others are and some other families going through the same thing. And you know what I'm saying right now? Under the anointing of God. Devil, in the name of Jesus, loose my granddaughter's tongue. I plead the blood of Jesus over her tongue, over your children. We'll run everywhere getting therapy. We'll look for doctors. We'll look for this and we'll look for that. And why? Because we ain't thinking about the foundation that we have. The foundation that we have is built on the word of God. And the foundation will build my family. We'll set my family free. We'll heal my family. That's the foundation that will give you joy unspeakable and full of glory in your household. We are not the world. We are the redeemed of the Lord. And we've got the power above any nuclear atomic bomb. It's the power of the blood of the Lamb of God. Devil, loose our children. Devil, loose our church family. Devil, loose people from fear by the blood that was shed on Calvary. Somebody give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. Stay, stay with me, stay with me, stand up. You ain't that tired, stand up, I ain't done. Jesus didn't give this little elegant prayer. He didn't say, my precious, beautiful father amongst the lilies. He called it out. He said, demon, come out. You think that's just wild and holy roller, then you keep the demon you got. But as for me and my house, we're gonna call it out. Call it out. I'm calling out alcoholism. I'm calling out bitterness. I'm calling out depression. I'm calling out low self-esteem. I'm calling out just doubt and fear, anxiety, bitterness, bad attitudes. Calling it by name. Come out. Devil, come out. You patty cake all day long if you want. I didn't come to house. I didn't come to church today just to check it off my box list. Right. Go ahead, Pastor. Oh, 
Because see, I've been to the whipping post, not just for my physical healing, but for my financial healing. So the whipping post laid the foundation. And then I began to learn what all the blood applies and the benefits and the blessings. I've been poor, I've been broke. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. Uh, Jesus said, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And I'm gonna say something. A powerless church portrays a bad light upon Jesus. The foundation for a church was never to survive through baked bean sales, hot dog sales, car washes. I'm not saying anything's wrong with that. If that's what you wanna do, that's fine. But the foundation is to bring a tithe and an offering. If I knew I was dying this very second, I'd preach a two-fold message, salvation and tithing, because it's changed my life. I had no intention going down this road this morning, none. It's your fault. You're always praying, God, give me something off of my notes. It's your fault. Let him heal you today. Make a decision, tear up a credit card. I didn't say it's gonna be easy, but the end result will. The end result will be a blessing. Huh? Over, over 10 years because of you, Indy. Because of what you shared with me, 10 years plus. I wrote, I've written on every check in the memo that I have ever written. C period O period O D coming out of debt. And I ain't there yet, but you'll know when I get there. Because I'll take a run. It's no, never been the intent for you and I to be sick be broke, busted, and disgusted. I look there and I see Lynn smiling and shaking his hand. One of the reasons my wife and I like hanging around them, they're successful, but they celebrate the victories in our lives. Why? Because they know what the blood can do to their lives and they want it to do to everyone else's life. An issue with blood, listen to me. Another example in Mark 5 and 25 through 34 and for the salvation of time you can read it a woman had an issue of blood 12 years many doctors she'd spent all that she had instead of getting better she got worse an issue of blood means that she was hemorrhaging how long have you been hemorrhaging the things of the devil in this world oh, that you just keep saying I'm not doing it again I'm not doing it you just keep spewing it out the word issue means flowing of blood, a continual flow. What's in your life that's just continually flowing that is not of God? This was not of God. The Bible said she suffered for 12 years, suffered financially. She was desperate. Have you reached a place in your life when you, where you are desperate? Desperate. Have you come to understand this morning that when you get to that place that Jesus is the only one that can help you? touched his garment. She received something that the doctors could not give her. Do you hear me? She was healed of that, but she was restored of everything else because the word saved means whole. <laughs> so what the devil took from her, the Lord restored it. She said, if I could just touch his garments. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. I'd like for somebody to leave today, whatever is plaguing you, just knowing, just knowing 
And Jesus said in Mark 5 and 34, he said to her, daughter. He says, your faith has healed you. Your faith. You hear that? Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Notice that he called her daughter. It's a word of tenderness. It's a word of peace. It's a word of acceptance. She got more than a physical healing that day. She got more. All of her life, adult life, she had been an outcast, a nobody, dwelling in isolation and loneliness. Daughter. In one minute, she went from an outcast to the family of God. I don't know your heart. I don't know your soul. And Jesus said, go in peace. If you don't know the Lord, you need the ultimate healing. That's the ultimate that the blood was shed on the cross was for your salvation. But it wasn't the only thing. But to get to the rest of the things, you gotta come to Jesus and give him your life. Give him your life. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Nobody looking around. Let the Lord speak to your heart today. If you don't know him, as your Lord and personal Savior. He loves you. The nails that they nailed him to the cross did not hold him there. It was his love for you. I'm not gonna come to you. I'm not gonna single you out. Right where you're at today, if you have never prayed and asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins, friend, you are lost. And you can receive by the grace of God the greatest healing of all times here this morning right where you're at. If you've never prayed from the youngest to the oldest and you'd like to ask Christ to touch your life, to save your soul and to begin to build a foundation in your life that you will grow in his knowledge and he will make heaven your home. Would you slip your hand up real high? Don't be bashful. Slip your hand up real high. Is there one? Is there one? I want to tarry for a moment. Is there one? Is there one? Is there one? Is there one? Is there any at all? In church, it's been weeks, and I'm not used to that. Raise your head, open your eyes. It's been weeks since we've seen somebody saved. And I believe a lot of it has to do with this virus. But this virus is on its way out. I'm pleading the blood of Jesus on it. I'm telling you, I've been praying and pleading. The Lord is just gonna breathe on it. It's gonna go, it's gonna go. Start bringing somebody to church that don't know the Lord. Bring somebody. Every head up, every eye open. If this message touched you in any way today, slip your hand toward heaven. Slip your hand toward heaven. Then by faith, enter in to the blood that was shed on the whipping post and receive your healing. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast.